hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Mentality. I'm so glad that you are uh, hopping on, that you click this episode to listen. And today is going to be part two of my eating disorder story. If you have not already taken a listen to the part one, to the previous episode, please go back and uh, listen to that. Um, right now, this is available on Spotify, so you may be listening through Spotify or the link that I may share to social media through the hosting website that I'm currently using. So right now, a couple different ways you can check it out. So be sure you go listen to that episode, part one of my eating disorder story. So today is all about part two, but before I jump into it, I want to be sure that you guys are following me on social media for all things health, fitness, podcast related, YouTube related. So my handle on my social media is emichellefit. That's on my Instagram, um, on my YouTube, on Twitter. But like I've said before in previous episode, I don't do much with Twitter, so I wouldn't even fool with Twitter. <laughs> um, so be sure you're following me and uh, be sure to check out my latest YouTube video on E. Michelle Fit. It is a Halloween vlog. So just kind of going through my day, uh, went to a wedding, um, just a random fun vlog for you guys. I'm trying to pop back onto YouTube and do more with that. So uh, be sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and click the notification button so you can um, never miss a video. And let's get into it. So I left off part one of my story, um, just kind of going through high school. So I want to pick back up from there. I graduated high school back in 2010 from Shades Mountain Christian School, which it is currently now changed its name to Heritage Christian Academy. So that may be familiar to some. And I graduated with a class of like 30. 234 people, like super small, but I'm pretty sure the classes after me have been smaller since then. <laughs> so super small class, um, graduated from there, um, went to Belmont University that August, uh, started my freshman year up in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, love, love, love Belmont, love Nashville. I do miss Nashville. I am very blessed and thankful that I have moved back to Birmingham after graduating in 2014. Uh, but I do really miss Nashville. I loved it up there. And my first year at Belmont, I was actually uh, majoring in photography and graphic design, graphic design being the focus. Um, I was on the yearbook staff my senior year, and that really sparked an interest and a passion in putting together um, the pages and different things like that. So that was my first year. I was not playing tennis on a team anymore, and I knew that I was not going to be playing tennis for Belmont. First of all, I don't think I, I would have had to start playing tennis at like three years old to be able to be good enough for a collegiate level. So I knew that there was no chance of that anyway. And so I went into college thinking, okay, I've got to figure out a different way just to stay active. You know, I wasn't in that obsessive mindset like I was during um, the previous eating disorder. And so I just wanted to be able to have an outlet to move and to stay uh, active. So I picked up a little bit of running. Now, not a ton. I had done very little bit 
uh, growing up anyway, like the one mile run in PE was like dreadful. <laughs> so that was about the extent of my running. So there is a little running track around, I think where most of the soccer practice took place or maybe where it used to take place, um, really close to about the center of campus. And every now and then I would go out there and just run laps. Um, I did it more for time at first. I wasn't worried about distance. So that was how I kind of picked up running. I just went out, you know, so many times a week and would just run the laps. There is actually quite a many people out there that would do that. And my friend and roommate at the time, she did that with me as well some. So it was just, it was fun to be able to do that. I was starting college, you know, I was starting to get into the experience of being on my own and taking classes at different times of the day. So picked up running and then I started trying out a couple of group classes in our fitness center, um, which is called the Beeman. So I tried out my first ever spin class and I fell in love. That is what got me started with cycle and taking those classes and ultimately what led me to getting my own certification to be able to teach it. Love, love, love it. So I started running and doing the cycle classes and all was well, you know, everything was fine. And then I don't really know at what point my mindset started shifting again. I think you know, much like in high school, you know, in college as well, you're going to see other people that you start comparing yourself to, or you, you feel like you don't measure up to the other people, or maybe you see people that look a certain way that look like they have more friends or better chance with guys or whatever the case may be. So I don't really know what an underlying situation could have been, but I know at some point within my freshman year, at college, my mindset shifted to, okay, I've really got to dial it back in. I felt like I had gained weight back and I wasn't very happy with that, although I was at a fantastic place. So I just started um, kind of narrowing down a little bit of my eating, kind of checking back, saying, okay, what am I eating? I'm starting to run a little bit more, starting to do cycle classes. I may need to watch this or watch that. And so then I decided that I would start tracking my calories and what I was eating. Now, during my um, experience with anorexia, I didn't track anything like the MyFitnessPal and those apps for tracking calories really wasn't a thing at the time. And um, so, yeah, I started tracking my calories. So... Um, now my fitness pal was founded in 2005. So 2005 was actually a year that I was going through the worst part of my eating disorder. So again, that my fitness pal thing was brand new. Um, I did not have the phone or a phone at the time of my eating disorder that had the apps on it. Like apps were still pretty new, <laughs> even in 2005. And so, um, so then I discovered that my fitness pile was a thing during college and I started tracking my calories. But naturally, when you first pop on to my fitness pile, it's going to tell you the majority of the time 
to stick to like 1200 calories. <laughs> um, it kind of gives you a base and you can punch in information. And again, you know, I've, you know, I would say I'm an expert at it, I guess, like if someone needed it as a tool. So I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. Um, for me at the time during college, getting into my fitness pile was not a good thing. So like I know my way around my fitness pile, but it's not going to tell you the exact numbers that you really need. It's not going to take into account what's going on in your mind. It's not going to take into account any other health issues you may have or how active you are. So I simply went by the 1200 number and clearly that is not enough for any person. Like if you're sitting around, if you are a complete 100% couch potato, you don't get up. The only thing you do to get up every single day of your life is to go to the bathroom or grab a bite. And that is absolutely it. 1200 calories is still not even enough. Like that's not a maintenance number. And so I started becoming obsessed again, this obsessiveness with um, how much and what I was eating started to really take hold. And, and even then at this time, when I started tracking, I had already changed my major. Um, I don't know if I think it was more leading into my second year of college that I really was tracking my first my freshman year. I really didn't keep up with that too much. Um, so going into my sophomore year of college, I did have my major change to exercise science and nutrition. And I had found my fitness pal and was really starting to track. I had picked up the distance in my running and had decided, hey, I want to run a half marathon. I think that will be awesome. So I started running more, taking cycle classes and uh, tracking my calories. Now, I wasn't looking at the macronutrients. I was not looking at how much carbs, um, how many carbs I was taking in, protein or fats. I was looking at the number. And whatever lowest calorie thing I could get in, that's what I was doing. So it became an obsessive mindset where I was so focused on, like, I have to work out. I have to run. I have to go to cycle class. And I have to have this salad. I definitely cannot eat that. Or I can't have this much of X, Y, Z. And so this obsessiveness started growing again, but a little bit different from when I was going through my first uh, eating disorder. And so I was tracking 1200 calories. I, um, again, it was starting to change up my exercise routine from one time a day to two times a day. And I would either run in the morning and take a cycle class or some other class in the afternoon. Or if I took a cycle class first thing in the morning, then I would try to run that afternoon or whenever I was free or didn't have a class. Because I did have some night classes, but that was very rare. So I started doing that. And then leading from, um, and again, I had slimmed up. I would say during my sophomore year, I slimmed up. Um, it was nothing major. I was still, you know, no one had said anything. It wasn't like I wasn't eating at all. And going into, or I guess the transition from dorm life into apartment living, which technically was an on-campus apartment, and it was right behind the exercise science building. So I could walk 
like within 10 steps to all my classes. So then I began, instead of having one roommate, I had three other roommates and I continued on, like we were all busy. We all had different schedules. So at first I don't really, you know, I felt like I could get away with minimal eating, <laughs> um, claiming I had someone to train in our fitness center. Cause I had picked up personal training and that's how I got started was at the uh, fitness center. So then it became a point where I was terrified to eat anything above a certain amount of calories for breakfast. So I remember several mornings I would get up and I would steam a bag of broccoli and that was my breakfast. Like guys, broccoli was my breakfast <laughs> and I and breakfast foods are my absolute favorite. So I can't imagine me now waking up thinking I want a bag of broccoli, you know, because um, this morning I had two eggs and two waffles. So if that tells you what I like about breakfast. <laughs> so I was just getting so obsessed with what I ate and how many calories were in the foods. And basically what it comes down to is I began this harsh cycle of under eating and over exercising. I was not eating near enough to fuel my body. And again, I became obsessed with the number on the scale with how I looked, but I knew that I still wanted to be able to eat <laughs> at least eat as much as I could to where people wouldn't attack me. I didn't want to go back to that point where people were going to be concerned and I would have interventions like I did when it was when I went through that time before. So I wanted technically I wanted to be able to eat enough to get away with it. Um, but again, I began weighing myself every day and I would now I personally didn't have a scale, but my roommate did. So I would actually go in her bathroom that I would go in there and weigh whenever she was not there. <laughs> so I would go weigh myself every day. And, you know, and some people do that. Some people weigh themselves every day and it's fine, but I did not need to do that. I really didn't even need to be on a scale or near a scale <laughs> during this time. But yes, I did weigh myself every single day. And if I went up one pound, which could be, which could cause that, I mean, one pound in one day could be a number of things. Ladies, if you're on your cycle, that number can go up. If you had a saltier meal the night before or ate later, like there's a number of things why the number on the scale can go up just within a matter of 24 hours. So, but if that number went up one or two pounds, then I was terrified and I would think, okay, well, I'm not going to have X, Y, Z today, but I'll eat something else instead. I didn't completely eliminate it. I just changed up what I ate. So finally, it continued on in this cycle. I would, you know, think to myself, oh, well, I could have a few bites of this or a few bites of that. And then if it was my food and something I bought thinking, okay, like I'll do this. It's fine. Well, then I take a few bites, feel guilty about it. And then I toss it in the trash, you know, like it still kind of goes back to when I went through that other eating disorder. Um, but I was still hiding it. It came to a point also where I started hiding little things from my roommates. Like I would be sure that I was up before everyone else. If I was going to cook broccoli, because I know they would have said something about that. <laughs> so, um, so I started training. For the half marathon, I'll go back to the exercise side of it. And 
when I got to build up my miles even more and it got closer to the half marathon, I would run in the morning. I would run in the afternoon. No, I did run my first half marathon before I moved to the apartment. So it was my spring of my sophomore year. Um, but I didn't run super long leading into that very first one. The tipping point was, I guess, after that summer, knowing how fun that was. And then I wanted to keep running half marathons and continually run run longer distances. So I would run in the morning, then I would run in the afternoon. Sometimes I would run a little bit before an afternoon group class. So I was just not, basically my life at that time revolved around when was I going to work out? What and how much was I going to eat? You know, the occasional client that I trained and let me do my work. <laughs> you know, like I ended up missing out on things with friends that I knew would be a, would be an issue when it came to food. So missing out on enjoying friends, enjoying life at college because I was afraid of how I looked and missing an extra and missing a workout or missing a run or not being able to eat certain things or, you know, and that's not how it's supposed to be. So it came to a point where after I believe it was Christmas break, senior, I think it was senior year. I don't think it was my junior year, senior year. My three other roommates actually sat me down and at this point, I did not know how much they had picked up on my habits again. Again, people notice things about you and what you're doing way more often than you think they do. <laughs> so they all sat me down. I think we all got in and we're catching up, talking about our Christmas break or whatever it was. And then they approached me about their concerns. And I wasn't eating enough. I was working out too much. And they were worried about me. And of course, naturally, I did not think anything was wrong. I thought I was fine with the routine I had going. Not many people really worried about it. <laughs> um, so, but that, again, when they sat me down and talked to me, that was a little bit of a turning point there just, just because um, I didn't realize what I was doing. I thought I was getting away with it. So people were actually noticing. So around them, I would eat a little more, act like things were getting better, but I still, and they were, I was beginning to eat a little bit more because I knew better deep down that I needed to eat more to fuel my body for what I was doing. But I was still exercising really way too much. And my lowest weight during that time was actually in 2013 when my best friend all through high school got married. I got down to about 116, 117. Um, I was in her wedding. I was a bridesmaid. So again, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I got a goal to work toward, you know, which really, again, I was absolutely fine from the beginning, <laughs> but I wanted to drop down a little bit more um, before her wedding. So I got down to about 117. Again, think, keeping in mind, I was still five foot four. I was five foot four back when I went through anorexia and got down to, you know, 80 pounds. And so I was five foot four here and 117. So still not a good weight 
for my height. But I just kind of blamed it on, oh, well, I've been running more. I'll, I'll eat a little more, kind of made my excuses. Um, so, yeah, that was my lowest weight. And it wasn't very long after that, I believe, is when actually my roommate sat me down. Again, I can't remember the break we were on. But I do know we were on a break. Could have been spring break for all I know. I'm not really for sure. And then they sat me down. So I still was exercising twice a day for the most part. The closer it got to senior year, the less that I did it quite so much. But I was still very obsessed in my mind with, well, let me make sure I'm not going over a certain number of calories per day. And by senior year, I was still, I had run I had run a few different half marathons at the time, um, and was much better at a routine. I was starting to incorporate strength training again and taking classes that involved weights and other things that weren't just cardio and then gradually starting to add back a little more food um, because again I think you know like I said when people notice that and approach you after already going through that once and then your own roommates and best friends notice it and sit you down then you, you start to reevaluate a little bit and again I feel like this is all over the place and I apologize, <laughs> but um, so yeah, senior year, I actually, it was spring, spring of 2014, because I actually had to come home the summer of 2014 to take a class so I could graduate that August. Um, so we were, you know, packing up our apartments and things like that. And I, I think it was back up to like the 120s at the time. So it was, I was in a much better place, still running, still exercising. Um, and then definitely when I got home and had to take my class, I think I was interning, had a nutrition internship, and I was taking an online calculus class. I just didn't have the time to exercise as much. My cycle class got taken away because I wasn't at the, on campus anymore. So I started incorporating more strength training, still was running, but not quite as far. And so I really just got at a much better place. Um, and obviously from there, I've ran, I've done strength training, I've picked up CrossFit. So obviously continuing on the story till today, it's I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> I And what it's called, I actually never... I never said the name of this eating disorder in the beginning because it's not as common. It's not talked about as much compared to anorexia and bulimia. But technically, what I went through was called orthorexia nervosa. And it's just an obsessive uh, obsessiveness, an obsession with um, exercising and the kinds of food that you're eating. Not that you're not eating. I definitely was not eating enough, but I was eating. But I was obsessed with what kinds of food I was eating. Example, the broccoli for breakfast. <laughs> and I would try to go for foods that were the lowest calorie, the lowest fat. You know, I wasn't looking for nutrient-dense foods. And obviously, the more nutrition classes I took and exercise science classes I took, um, particularly after my roommates had sat me down that day, I just started changing back. So this second bout of this eating disorder that I went through was definitely not as bad as anorexia, but it definitely messed my body up because I went out, I went without a cycle for 
I would say at least probably a half a year, five to six months. I did not have a, a cycle and that's not healthy as women. Like we need to have our cycles. So I was so over exercising and under eating that I didn't even have my cycle for a period of time. And I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, Hey, I don't have to deal with this. This is awesome. And it really, it, it wasn't good. So, but by the time I graduated, naturally, like that was back, that was fine. I was starting to eat a little more. I just had just a really bad phase of kind of getting back into the comparison game and what I looked like. And, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be slender when I ran so many miles and, you know, try to lose a little bit of the weight that I had, like, that I feel like felt like I had to gain back during high school because of my eating disorder. And um, so I graduated August of 2014, much better place. I was healthy. I wasn't over exercising. I was really exercising at a, like a good enough amount of time. I would still want to run, but I wasn't running as far or as long. And then I was starting to do my own thing with strength training. So it was a much better place for me. And since then, obviously, I have had my ups and downs where in the back of my mind, I think, oh, well, if I don't get to work out today, I'm not going to you know, eat dinner or eat X, Y, Z. But then in a matter of 10 seconds, um, I'm like, oh, bump that thought out of my mind because I know better. So, you know, anorexia, that was, again, an obsessive mindset, but it was the mindset of not eating and just how skinny can I get where orthorexia, I was obsessed with, I got to work out today and I have to be sure that I eat this, 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 and don't go over this number. And, um, so I got back home and since then, again, like I said before, I picked up strength training, um, was doing a mix of my own thing and a little bit of running. And then in January of 2018, I found CrossFit and that it's all thanks to Austin, my boyfriend. I fell in love with, um, I, really, I fell in love all over again with a feeling of being strong and knowing that I can get a beneficial workout and the feeling like I just ran five miles from a different kind of workout. I loved that feeling. I loved the variety. Like I really had just got burned out on running and I think I kind of gotten burned out a little bit on me trying to find my own. Um, not that I don't mind putting workouts together. Obviously I'm a trainer, so I love it. Uh, but I just got burnt out on doing my own thing. You know, like it, it was a good change of pace to be able to go in there knowing that the gym had a workout plan for me that I didn't have to worry about doing myself and I could modify as needed. But I felt strong. I felt great. So, again, the big takeaway from this part two of my story is don't let things and people steal your joy. You need to get out of that mindset of comparison. Uh, people, you're, you're going to have people around you that are going to love you and support you. And they're going to pick up on things and they, they're going to pick up on things and sit you down and approach the approach you about them. If it ever come, becomes an issue because they care about you, they love you. And, 
you know, it had it, it, it took a second bout of this obsession and eating disorder for me to, again, take another step forward and get in a better place. So, again, you know, you are not defined by the number on the scale. You know, I got in that mindset of I've got to weigh myself every day. And it took a lot of, I missed out on things during college. Um, now, I was, I was never a party person, I, I but I did miss out on a lot of great opportunities and other fun things with friends because of um, me being so worried about what I looked like and what I ate and when to exercise. And that took away a lot. Um, like I would go back to college before I would go back to high school um, and do things differently, approach things a little bit differently and not miss out on some other opportunities. But it is what it is. And I will say that going through that year in college definitely has helped me become who I am today. I um, love to eat food. I love to eat nu nutrient dense foods. And I love to be active, but I also love my rest days. I love a good lazy day. And I've been able to find a good balance. One thing you're going to learn from me along all my social media and in this podcast is that I'm all about balance. Balance is key. Um, so I'm going to leave you with that. And I thank you so much for listening to this podcast today to my part two story. Like I said, if you missed part one, go back and listen to that. And be sure to follow me on social media. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you.